With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Buyers Automotive. And as usual, hosted on LettermanRow.com. Spencer, big news is finally here. It's happened. The official visit of JT to Emi Lowell, the country's top-ranked 2021 prospect, uh, defensive end, defensive tackle extraordinaire, uh, power five basketball player extraordinaire. Uh, he's coming to Ohio State for a visit. It is going to be the weekend of June 18th. And a lot of the stress that people have been feeling about, is it ever going to happen? Is it ever going to happen? It's happening. It's been confirmed to me by some sources on the Ohio State side that that's the weekend uh, that it will occur. I know nothing else. I, I, I think he's visiting Oregon after Ohio State, from what I've heard. Um, and, and that's, again, just, you know, just scuttlebutt. I don't know when he's making the trip to Alabama. I don't know when he's going to make the trip or if he's going to make a trip to USC. Don't know when he's going to decide. I still have I've been maintaining for a few months now, Spencer, that I thought a decision would come at the end of June uh, so that he could get on the campus. Uh, in the early part of July, wherever he ends up. Um, from what I understand, Ohio State players will be back on campus to get ready for fall camp on July 11th. So I guess that's sort of a target date in my mind uh, for when you could see um, a decision to be made before that. But again, the big news here is that JT Tui Moloau, the JTT, has made a plan. It is set. It is an official visit to Ohio State on June 18th. Yeah. And- For months, we've been in like a hurry up and wait mode because we're just like, hurry up and make a decision. Then we can wait. Now it's just wait. And, you know, everything else is taken care of. The the visit is scheduled. Now it's time to just sit back and wait and start to calm down a little bit. Ohio State fans have been really crazy about this entire recruitment. I think it's time to just kind of settle down. And now the chips can fall as they may. And and is he going to go to Ohio State? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody really knows except for him, I guess. He, He might not even know yet. But the uh, the decision has been made to take that visit, and I think that's a big step in this recruitment. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I've called this from the start. I, I've never once spoken to, to JT. I don't know anyone in his family. The source game has been very dry in this area. There's only one one-sided flow of information, and that's from the Ohio State side. Um, but as I try to just sift through this all, I think right now you're looking at a three-team race, really, for that signature or not even a signature because he's not going to sign a letter of intent, but for that um, eventual decision, I think it's Ohio state, Alabama and Oregon as the three that are really in contention, Washington and USC are there. I know there's some folks on the Washington side that feel like they're, they're more of a threat than people give them credit for USC sort of has not really made much noise. I don't think anyone expects that the Trojans would be the choice, but it's just this situation where, Gosh, 16 months we've been talking about this official visit because this official visit was supposed to happen last March. And to to, to say that now it's finally here, again, we have no real concept of the relationship between JT Tui Maloau and Ohio State. 
him in Alabama, him in Oregon. It's all based on what the schools themselves are telling media that works, uh, you know, covering those schools. So every single bit of information that you get on this player is almost always going to be slanted from that side, right? Yeah. And here's here. That's interesting to me because it's it's unlike any other recruitment I've ever covered. Well, every school is feeling confident right now. And every side is going to say that every school is feeling confident because that's where they're getting the information from. And why wouldn't the coaches be confident? This kid doesn't really talk to the media. So whatever the coaches say is kind of whatever we can report right now. So, of course, yeah. Ohio State feels confident because the information is coming from Ohio State. Of course, Oregon feels confident. Washington definitely feels confident because they need to. This, this would be a huge, you know, save face for them to be able to at least land one of the two five stars from that area in, in the class. So it's just interesting how all this information is trickling out. And it's it, I think the word trickle is a really good way because it's coming out very slowly and just little by little. And it's not coming from the person you would ideally want it to come from. Yeah. And, and I don't even know that I would say Ohio State is confident. I would say that they are cautiously optimistic in that they – have been told all along, this is how this was going to unfold. And that's how it is unfolding. And I guess that when you're dealing with relationships with families, with, with recruits, all you're hoping for uh, as the school side of things is that what you're being told is true. And because you really have no way to know that it is until it actually happens. So for a player like this, who has more than any player since Terrell Pryor, understood that he is in complete control of his recruitment and no one is going to push him into doing anything early or make him in, you know, leap at any pressure. Um, all you really want is to know that for the last 16 months, since that official visit in March of 2020 was canceled, <clears throat> the, the messaging has been, nothing is going to happen until we make visits. There is not going to be a decision until we make visits. And so, as the last few months have unfurled and everyone constantly, oh, maybe a decision's coming. Maybe he's going to do this. The, the messaging from the family to Ohio State, and that's the only side I can try to speak from because that's the only spot I'm getting any information about this recruitment from. <clears throat> the, the messaging has always been the same. And so now here we are. We are three weeks away from him finally making his official visit to Ohio State. And with that, you know, as you said at the at the start start here, now we just wait and you see what happens. I, I don't know when he's making the trip to Alabama. I think that's key. Again, I've heard that the Oregon trip is after the Ohio State trip. Maybe that makes sense because it's the end of the month and it'll be closer to home. <clears throat> I have no idea if he's making them all consecutively in one week. Like we don't have any of these details. Um, so we'll wait until the family speaks about it uh, through their normal um, spokesperson and Brandon Huffman with 247 Sports. But other than that, uh, I can say from the Ohio State side, it has been confirmed to me that the official visit is scheduled. It is the weekend of June 18th um, and that there remains cautious optimism on the Ohio State side of things. That, again, as I said, at least it's unfolding exactly how the family said it was going to. Yeah, I think one of the big things for me that, you know, reading the tea leaves, we try to read any tea leaves we can. Alabama's visit and Ohio State's visit are both before that Oregon visit, I think, is what we have we understand right now. I think that makes sense, yes. I don't think the Oregon visit happens. I think 
I think he'll visit Alabama. He'll visit Oregon. I mean, he'll visit Alabama. He'll visit Ohio State, and then m- make a decision from there. And because I, what we've heard and what we've talked about here is that Alabama and Ohio State are really the big two there that that have just been driving Washington out of the picture. I think that is still true. I think Alabama and Ohio State are are in the lead here, and so may, putting that Oregon visit. You know, if he needs to take that visit, he can. But also, it's one of the ones that uh, he doesn't—he doesn't really have to take if he doesn't need it. Here's here's the thing. Again, I think that Oregon is in the top three here in this conversation. <clears throat> I do agree that it's Ohio State, Alabama, and it has been at, at the top just from talking to people and trying to figure this out for a while. <clears throat> if he's going to stay in the Pacific Northwest, I think he would just stay home and play at Washington. I think that there is a—it's an easier pill to swallow. For the people up there, if he goes to Ohio State or Alabama, than it is if he goes to Oregon. Now, Oregon's only you know two hours away from home. It's a pretty close trip. And family can go see him. I'm sure they have a great relationship with the staff there. He did make a visit there um, in the spring for one of their open practices. He did the same at Washington. So he's had an opportunity to get there and see those places. He's been there previously. Um, and again, there is the basketball side of things where Washington – and Oregon have, you know, kind of offered up this opportunity to maybe play both sports. Ohio State and Alabama, you know, aren't telling him that because quite simply, if he's at either one of those other schools, he's probably not going to do it anyway because football is a 365-day-a-year job in a college campus. Um, and so I, I do think that, you know, if he's going to stay in the Pacific Northwest, maybe Washington makes the most sense. But uh, – Ohio State and Alabama are just sort of differential, you know, differentiators in, among all college football. And so it's easier to swallow if, if they go away to a school like that as opposed to Oregon. Um, you know, and I think it's just going to be fascinating to see the next month because every visit that's going to happen, whenever it does happen, if they, you know, there's going to be optimism that comes out of it from every, from all sides. And I mean, again, I don't want to blow smoke up people's butts, but he's just going to show up on someone's campus probably and be there in the first part of July. So I don't think that I I don't know that there's going to be a huge deal. I mean, I'm sure Brandon Huffman will have a commitment story and everyone else is just going to kind of wait for it. I think I mean, at at this point, so they've gone this far. Um, being this under the radar about everything that they do, I cannot for the life of me imagine that all of a sudden the family's going to have a, a huge press conference or, you know, a commitment video or something. I think he's just going to show up somewhere. I could be completely wrong. I've been completely wrong before, but uh, it just seems to me that that's how that's heading. So whatever. Visit schedule JT to email. Loal will visit Ohio State June 18th through the 20th. Moving on. Spencer, it's quarterback well, week. What? Before we officially move on, how is this not a bigger story? This is the number one player in all of the in the entire country, and of course, Ohio State, Alabama, and Oregon is you know the the recruiting people and and all they're all pretty locked in on it. But you would think that this would be like a little bit bigger of a of a national storyline than it is. This is the number one player in the country who just. It isn't deciding on anything yet. And I think well, that has to do with them being secretive about it and not giving any information out. But also, it just seems like we've moved on to the 2022 class so quickly. And the 2021 class, maybe the biggest piece of the of future national title puzzles, hasn't picked yeah. a spot yet. 
Yeah, but I, I think it's because of the way the last year went. I mean, it's there's a, it seems like every time you turn on the TV, there's a catastrophe happening somewhere in the world. A lot of people are probably like, oh, I don't really care where this teenager goes to college. But I also think it's a, a little bit of the fact that it's Ohio State and Alabama, and I think that there's some fatigue of people just getting sick of all these kids going to the same places. And, you know, I think it's interesting what Gene Smith was talking about with the name, image, and likeness legislation that's being presented in Ohio when he's talking about it on, on Monday, he was very clear. He said, you know, name, image, and likeness stuff is only going to make the gap grow between the haves and have-nots in college football. And places like Ohio State and Alabama are people, I, I do, I just think there's some fatigue where they're like, oh, geez, again, another top player is going to those schools. Like, it's going to be a big deal whenever he shows up on campus somewhere. But because the family isn't out there seeking attention and isn't out there making it a big deal and having, you know, bi-weekly press conferences going, oh, still no decision yet. I mean, it's not like you're waiting for the Pope to get elected and wait smoke to come out of their house or something. So um, what's ESPN going to do? Stand outside of his house and be like, oh, day 77 of the JT Tumoloa standoff and we have still no movement from inside. I mean, JT JT, JT, you know, it, it's obviously an interesting story. And I, I think the bigger story with it, Spencer, and I've talked about it for the last handful of months, is that he, I think, is going to change the way recruits handle their recruitment from now on. I think that it's pretty clear if you're in that stratosphere of, of talent and that sort of that highly coveted of a player, you have the ability to pretty much do whatever you want. And now with the transfer portal, uh, you know, the opening up with name, image, likeness stuff happening all over the country with the fact that these kids are realizing that if they're 18 years old, they don't need to sign a letter of intent. Like there's a lot of stuff that is coming up here um, that I think JT Tui Moloa is going to have a, a major impact on in the future <clears throat> outside of what happens on the football field, because obviously he's going to have an impact on that for someone as well. So I don't know, man, it's, it's wild, but we're, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about it for the next six weeks. Yeah, and speaking of players only really going to a certain select number of schools and the gap getting bigger, um, quarterbacks seem to be flocking to about five or six schools and going nowhere else and until they have to go somewhere else in either the transfer portal or decommitments or whatever. Um, so let's talk quarterbacks. Yeah, it's quarterback week, right? So it's Letterman Rose quarterback week. And that's an interesting point you bring up, Spencer. And I think it's because, again, kids have realized that there's value. If you can go – to Ohio State for two years and not play, you're just as coveted as you are going to somewhere else and playing. Uh, you know, why Why not take that opportunity? And so, um, you know, Ohio State obviously has the most talented quarterback room in the country right now with uh, C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, Kyle McCord, Quinn Ewers coming in in class 2022. We're not going to talk about 22, though, because he's committed. We don't believe there's any reason to worry about that. The Buckeyes are not recruiting any other quarterbacks in that class. There is no talk about any other players at the position. The hope for Ohio State is real simple. Get through this season with everyone on the roster and Quinn Ewers arriving in, in January. Like that's that's the hope because they want four quarterbacks in the room. Um, and they want four scholarship quarterbacks in the room. So that brings us to the class of 2023. And we're just going <clears> to <throat> fast forward and assume that C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, Kyle McCord, and Quinn Ewers are all on the roster next year. Uh, if that's the case, the Buckeyes could go into 2023 with a pretty calm and peaceful mind. You know, 
Uh, th there's a, a lot of opportunity for them to be very patient, to be very um, meticulous in who they recruit in that class, because what you're looking for, and this is where I get kind of torn because Spencer, like I'm like the type of person who says, you go out and you get the best guy you can get every single year and let the chips fall where they may, right? But I'm not the one having to build and maintain uh, a roster full of 85 egos. And I'm not the one having to deal with parents who are like, oh, well, why is this kid coming in? Why is this kid coming in? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So let's just start there. If you're Ohio State and you are only getting one quarterback in 2023, what do you think is the ideal situation? Well, I think you two things can be true at once. You can get the best player that you could possibly get and it not be the number one overall player in the class because kids are not afraid of competition. They, they are realistic in depth chart observations. Yeah. So to say that Malachi Nelson doesn't want to choose Ohio state to say that arch Manning doesn't want to choose Ohio state because of the, the quarterback room in front of them, that has nothing to do with them being afraid of competition. One quarterback gets to play every two to three years and that's it. And Quinn Ewers is either going to be a three-year starter or a two-year starter at Ohio State, I don't think we have any questions about it. Like I, I think I think that's maybe even if something crazy happens, a one-year starter. Quinn Ewers is going to start at Ohio State at some point. And so these these 2023 quarterbacks, the top of the top, might look at that and say, hey, I don't really have a chance to get on the field there. Where can I go among the other top schools, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, USC, Auburn, any of the, the big schools around the country? Where can I go to get on the field quickest and play for one of the top schools? That's probably not at Ohio State in the 2023 class. So Ohio State may be able to get the best player they possibly can, and it still not be one of the top options at quarterback um, when it comes to the recruiting rankings, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. And the thing is that people need to understand is that this upcoming summer is going to be so huge for Ohio State. I, I wrote about it in the recruiting question of the day on Tuesday. And I just ran over a list of a handful of the guys that are coming to camp. And I mean, I talked to one person at Ohio State on Tuesday morning who said, if you take a look at the top 25 quarterbacks in the class of 2023, they expect 17 or 18 of them to show up in camp at some point in June. So it's sort of like an open audition for that for that position in, in the 23 class. And it's going to be wide open. And the Buckeyes are basically just going to say, hey, if you are a kid that wants to come play at Ohio State, uh, come show us. Come show us what you can do. And there's a couple of things here that are in play. Number one, most of these 2023 quarterbacks um, only played three or four games as sophomores. And so like, there is no reason to hurry. Now, that being the case, there is obviously going to be a number of schools recruiting against Ohio State that are saying, hey, You've only played this many games. We still offered you. Ohio State wants you to come camp, right? So if you're um, – I'll use one player who I really like is that Ricky Collins from from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He's, he's visiting Ohio State on June 22nd. 
But Ricky is a kid that has, you know, 15 offers and win a very limited window. So you got only the month of June now, right? To, to make these visits. Are you as a player going to go visit a place that hasn't offered you? Or are you going to go visit the place that has? And, you know, so it's going to show, I think, a lot about who these kids are in my mind as to who just shows up to compete, because that is ultimately what Ohio State wants um, in every class. And I think if you could find like a dream scenario for Ohio State in the class of 2023, and it's going to maybe it sounds a little weird. I, I think you are looking for Mac Jones. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense because it's a little different because Mac Jones was in a class with Tua, Tonga Bailoa. And so they were in the same recruiting class. So he was just kind of the add-on quarterback to that class that ends up still being a first-round pick. But that makes a lot of sense. You're looking for that guy who's willing to sit in the room, willing to learn. And if he becomes a starter down the road in 2020, oh gosh, this Six. Is 2027, then yeah. so be it. Then so be it. But that's the way that, that the 2023 recruiting for the quarterback might go. And, and you say, Spencer, why would you even talk like that? It's Ohio State. The best of the best want to come here. Yes, the best of the best in the 2022 class is coming here. The generational prospect is coming to Ohio State. And so the other generational prospects will probably not want to come to Ohio State because they'll have to sit behind him for so long. That's just yeah, the way it is. There, there are players out there, as you mentioned, Malachi Nelson uh, is one. Arch Manning is another. These are these are kids who, you know, have expressed interest in Ohio State, but they see the they see what's in front of them, and they're why why make that choice? Even if Arch Manning shows up at Ohio State at some point this summer, and there's been discussion in his camp about visiting Ohio State, maybe you know throwing the ball for Ryan Day and Corey Dennis and, and seeing what's out there, it's it seems pretty unlikely that he's a guy that ends up at Ohio State. You know, so you have to start looking around the state of Ohio. You got to start looking for these kids that understand that there's a, a development path that you can take um, and go from there. So uh, it, it's going to be a situation where Ohio State is going to be very, very calm and saying, OK, how does this person fit into the room? And again, June, and it's, it sucks for us that we're not going to be able to be there and watch these kids. But. I'm thinking that the, the 2023 quarterback situation almost is a second quarterback in the class of 2022, if that makes sense, because you're, you're looking for somebody who kind of fits that profile that doesn't necessarily, you want someone, Mac Jones was confident. Mac Jones was an elite 11, you know, quarterback finalist in, in the class of 2017, but he was a, a middle of the road ranked three-star prospect who you knew had some of the physical tools and mm -hmm. uh, to make it down the road. But the tool that he had that was the most important was that he he was going to be patient and he was going to allow the situation to play out in front of him as opposed to feeling like he had to step on campus and be the man right away. And that's that's kind of the catch-22, right? Because if you're recruiting a quarterback, it's the alpha position in all of football. And you, you kind of have to have a kid that has that mentality of it's mine to take it if I want it. Um, but that's not always the case. So it's just interesting to see how it's going to play out. I don't know. I haven't really deep dived into the class of 2023 in Ohio at quarterback, but like in a dream scenario, like I think Ohio State's preference after going out and signing a quarterback from California, signing a quarterback from Arizona, signing one from uh, 
Pennsylvania, having a commitment from a kid from Texas. I think the best case scenario for Ohio State would be to find a, a six foot three, two hundred and ten pound quarterback from somewhere in Nowhereville, Ohio, in the class of twenty twenty three, who can sling it and loves Ohio State and wants to be that guy. And that you, that to me is the the, the ideal. You almost wish that Drew Drew Aller was in the twenty twenty three class. Well, I mean, yeah, until he blew up and became a you know yeah, high four star yeah, player, now, but now he's a, a top player. And but but that kind of guy, you know, you want an in state guy who grew up as an Ohio State fan, like you said, and and you just hope that that guy's out there if you're Ohio State. Yeah, and that's that's what you're looking for in the class of twenty twenty three at quarterback. And uh, again, June is going to tell the tale though, because you're going to see exactly who wants to show up uh, and, and compete. And nothing at Ohio State is more important than who wants to compete for the spot. And that's the way that uh, Ryan Day and Corey Dennis are going to, are going to have it. And, you know, I, I think that so many things can change between now and next December, aside from the fact that, you know, you don't know if all three of those current quarterbacks are going to be there next year. And if that, if that changes, then all of a sudden maybe you need to take two in 23 or you have to go out and find one in the transfer portal. And it's just, one of those things that's changing about college football that you don't really have a firm grasp on exactly how it impacts you until it happens. So you think about Ohio State, you know, with Joe Burrow, Dwayne Haskins, and Tate Martell are on the roster, and all of a sudden, a year later, it's Chris Chuganoff and Justin Fields, and you're like, uh, okay, what what happened? It, it changes pretty quick. Yeah, it, it certainly does. The quarterback position is a carousel. I think that's the best way to describe it. Berm, uh, I was going to play. I was going to play defensive in or out with you. Uh, do you want to still do the game, or do you want to save it, do a second episode this week? What are you feeling? Mm, let's just do it. All right. Uh, let's Caden Curry. Caden Curry in. All right. This is rapid fire. I like this yes. defensive Go. line. We're going to stay on the defensive line. Uh, Chris McClellan or Curtis Neal. Uh. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm going to say McClellan. In? Neil yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, five-star defensive end, Omari Abor. If you haven't watched the list on him yet that we did last week, make sure you go check that out. Uh, in. In. In a white. Out. Out. Um, any other defensive ends that we should cover, in or out? Uh, no, I think in that, you know, upper tier, upper crust group, um, I think that there's a clear delineation between Caden Curry, Omari Abor, and everyone else at Ohio State's recruiting, even a guy like Eni White, who's very high on the list. I think if you get Abor, which in this game of in or out, I'm saying he's in, I think uh, White will end up at Alabama or Georgia or someplace like that. Um, I do think, you know, there's some interest in, in people are very interested in Marvin Jones down there in Florida. I don't know if he's as high on the list for Ohio State as, as, um, as some people uh, purport. Um, but he's not making his official visit till the season. So I think you can sort of read into that, that it wasn't a huge priority to get him on campus right away. 
so I think they'd like to see a little bit more development out of him. So um, that's one of those positions where Larry Johnson typically finds someone in Ohio or that he has been watching for a couple of years. And so I, I'd be interested just to see what happens when football gets back to normal for, for high schools. Uh, the linebacker position is kind of wide open right now. I, I think Ohio State's probably going to be patient there. I think they can afford to be patient there. I'm not going to give you any in or out linebackers right now. I think after I think it would do a, a, an injustice to do that right now. I think we should save that for maybe July. I, I, I mean, we can, but I, I think Ohio State is going to flip Malik Spencer from Michigan State. That's just my opinion. Okay. I think he's the guy. I think he's the guy that they have kind of narrowed in on it may not excite fans you look at him he's a three-star prospect he's six foot two 195 pounds he's sort of a safety right now um there's very accurate comparisons to be made to darren lee coming out of new albany high school i think um he's at buford high school down there in georgia it's one of the most competitive programs in the country um uh he is making an official visit to ohio state as i wrote about last week and it seems like ironically that's not something anyone else has picked up I don't know if people don't think it's a serious uh, target or not, but I believe that it is. Um, and so I think that he's a guy that um, it'll be interesting because he's going to make a visit to an official visit to Miami right at the start of June. And the Hurricanes were one of those schools that were very high on his list when he committed to Michigan State. So it's clear that he's wanting to explore. Um, but the Buckeyes have not offered. But the fact that they're hosting him for an official visit to me indicates that they are at least serious about potentially offering. And if they do, then I think that he will be the guy. All right. Um, let's go with uh, Zion Branch and Xavier Wampa. I think I keep saying that correctly. Oh, uh, boy. This is going to – see, this is where things are going to get weird. I'm going to say Zion Branch is in, and I think Xavier Wampa's out. And I don't think that it's a in – I don't think it's one or the other type of situation. I think Ohio State wants them both, loves them both. There's just a, a vibe. I don't know. It's just a, sometimes I get these feelings. Um, I, I, I know that I am alone on that boat right now, but uh, I don't, I don't know. I, just my feeling. It feels like that, that, that footing has been rocky in the last couple months. And maybe that's just because it's the visit hasn't happened. Visit hasn't happened. And now it will. Uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't, if I had a crystal ball, I would not remove it on Wampa right now, but I'm this is in or out, and I have to make a choice. All right, um, last one. I'm gonna just cut it off. Uh, Toriano Pride out. Uh, I I don't think it's a done deal though. There is talk that he's like a secret commit to Clemson that he won't even make his official visit to Ohio State um, out there in the message board worlds. I talked with him a little bit over the weekend, and he said that that's absolutely not true. Um, that he was still 100% intending to make his trip to Ohio State. So I think uh, I'm going to say out because I just think that he's going to look at the depth position and see that, you know, there's maybe um, a few too many corners uh, or at least people telling him there's too many corners at Ohio State because I think there's some confusion around Kai Stokes and his position, um, that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm going to say out, but they are definitely still pushing. All right. I think that wraps it up. We can – dive into some more i think there's going to be new names pop up everywhere in june so yeah june's going to be uh super fun super crazy um when we get back for talking stuff presented by buyers automotive uh next week we'll have the first june camp to talk about hopefully we'll get some names of people who showed up um on that june 2nd date even though we'll be probably just standing in a parking lot um watching them walk out of a, a outdoor facility because that's 2021 so anyway 
we're going to leave now. That's Spencer. I'm Jeremy. This has been Talking Stuff. See ya. Bye. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.